Welcome to Highly Political, a podcast where two passionate ladies smoke weed, talk politics, laugh, and sometimes cry. With special guests from the world of comedy, cannabis, and politics. We haven't worked on Capitol Hill, but that's okay. We're paying attention, and so should you. We want you to be informed, like little democracy angels. So pack your bowl, grab some snacks, and let's get into it. And remember, when they go low, we get high. Today we're smoking Pineapple Express, a cross between train wreck and Hawaii. It delivers a chill, yet silly high, that eased our minds for just a moment, because then we remembered literally any headline from the news this week. The debates are in full swing, Mitch McConnell hates Swede, and it looks like we're going to war. It's just us tonight, so bask in our beautiful voices and get cozy. All right, T, light it up. <laughs> this is a real suck. <laughs> well, I just want to make sure. I mean, look, it's not really lit all the way here. Yeah, it's true. Mm. Hi, Sammy. How are you? Again, I'm so jealous of that French inhale. You know what's stupid of me is like this is the only way I know how to smoke. <laughs> I know, and every it's time not, you do, it looks like you're showing off, and I get so mad. Not, I, <laughs> and I didn't even know I was doing it until somebody b- told me like. Oh, you're French and hail. I had no idea what it was. <laughs> but I feel like I can't like smoke normally. I I'm gonna I'm gonna see I'm gonna try it next time you pass that over. Are you okay? <laughs> oh my poor little baby lungs. I actually had like a coughing fit at the dog park today. <gasps> oh my god. Tell me more about that crazy guy you saw at the dog park. Oh my god. Okay. So I was multitasking today. I brought my work to the dog park. Use my phone as a hotspot. Look at you. I know. Felt very go getter. Felt very millennial. Felt very mm. twenty twenty. Felt very dog mom on the go, career mm. working lady. Still not in the career I want, but making some kind of money that pays my bills and nothing else. Anyway, um, at least you're paying your bills. And so, Narfi baby's running around, you know, playing with the dogs. I hear this guy s- <coughs> screaming. At the top of his lungs, the N-word. Just up and down. The, just N-word, N-word. never a good sign. What was that? So it's never a good sign when you hear that. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> and the thing is, I assumed it was a homeless person, right? You know, or somebody, like, mentally unstable. Right. At the very least. It w- and I think, like, a, a big part of homelessness is, like, they don't yeah. get the mental health they need. So I, I my, my mind automatically went there. And he did not look homeless. Mm. Was so he just he, screaming the N-word? Or? So he was just... No, no. He also was screaming Donald Trump. Just Donald Trump? Like nothing about Trump? I, it was hard to hear. But la- here's mm. some other keywords. Donald Trump, Iran, and Esquire magazine. Interesting uh, trio. We got to put the pieces together for this puzzle. Esquire. Is that the magazine that that chick was on the cover of? Who? No, Esquire. Is that a men's magazine? It is a men's magazine. And I did. I mean, I obviously looked up Esquire. I was like, okay, what's going on here? And nothing came. But I, it was the online version. So mm. I don't know if like there, if any of our listeners are Esquire subscribers. Yes, please let us know. Please hit us up and let us know. Is there anything in Esquire that um, incorporates the N-word, Donald Trump, and Iran? And then he also <laughs> was saying black guy as well. Mm. and then and then and then he oh he also was saying i'm from brooklyn and then he also was saying it was just really it was really jarring and alarming and i'm like what the fuck is going on Mm -hmm. and then uh a black man was walking 
up the sidewalk and I was like, fuck, now this guy has to hear this shit, you know, like, and he had AirPods in. So hopefully he was listening to our podcast or music or something. He probably was a highly political listener. I mean, couldn't hear what the guy was saying, but the guy, the crazy guy Mm -hmm. saw the man walking up the sidewalk and ran across traffic to get to to get to the other side. Like away or closer? Away. Okay. Hmm. I wonder if he tried to get away because he was scared or he tried to get away because he was like, oh, black guy, got to get away. I, I, I couldn't tell. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I mean, I guess, I guess it's kind of the same because if, if you ran away because you were scared, it would be because you were scared of a black guy. So, oh, I got to get right, away. But, but I didn't know if it was he his was overall mental state of right. like, paranoia and and like you know or he thought the guy was gonna maybe confront him i couldn't tell what it was it it was so abrupt because the guy ran across the street before i could see the man the man in the airpods walking up right i'm trying to avoid saying black guy continuously basically so the man the man in the airpods (laughs) walking up so i saw the guy shoot across traffic and then i saw the man in the airpods Mm -hmm. and i was like I feel yeah. though I feel like in this context, specifically when we're telling a story about like uh, danger, obviously seems racist individual. It's, it's okay to establish the black guy as the black guy. It's true. I just don't want to say it over and over again, but it's like I know his name. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> no, I, mean, <laughs> I just say I think it's a fair thing. I listen. I think it's important to recognize. Especially if you're saying like the black guy over and over again and you start to get nervous like, oh my God, is this like the only distinguishing thing I'm saying about this guy? But like, he also had AirPods. Yeah, but like everybody has, if there's like five people standing there with AirPods and one guy was black and I need you to, you know, point someone out quickly, I wouldn't be offended if you said the black you guy. You know. I, yeah, no, I'm gonna it's like it. it's like one of the, um remember when like all those like okay boomer like memes came out and uh-huh. my friend posted one where it was like you know how you can tell like a boomer it's like when um like your parents tell a story and um they say the ethnicity of every single person in the story even though it has nothing to do with the story <laughs> yo my grandma's helper did that my grandma's aide. Did I tell you about that? No. Yo, she will never figure out how to work a podcast, so I'm gonna talk shit on her. Um, so. She is a Trump person. Shocker. I know. My grandma's not my grandma. Yeah. Can't despise. Like he, she despises Trump. Love, Love that grandma. bitch, Dorothy. I think you might need another little. It was just not so lit. Nice. Um, I'm, I'm going to get as this is the Sam reminder break. I'm going to get super high. I yeah, I think I'm going to stop this in a minute. Well, you, I mean, I don't want to stop your no, fun, I, but. Oh, no, I'm going to hit a couple more times. <laughs> and then I'm not going to pass it back is what I'm saying. So we, I was home for the holidays, obviously. And uh, I for, I keep forgetting her name, which is mean because she is a she is a nice woman and takes very good care of my grandma. But she's not like a professional nurse. You know, she just, right. she's she's like know. a nice woman who helps know. take care of your grandma. And um, I was, she was talking to my grandma about something. And oh, she was in Costco. And she was like, yeah, everybody's so crazy. I'm putting my real Jersey accent on for her. She's like, everybody's so... Oh. me. Sorry. Mm, all good. She's like, everybody's so crazy around the holidays. Uh, th- this guy, he was so aggressive, this black guy. And I'm just like... Yeah, unnecessary. Unnecessary. Because first of all, everybody's an asshole around the holidays during shopping. Nobody wants to be there. It's a collective. We've all agreed that we're going to be assholes, but it's it's like... We're going to let it slide. Right, right, right. Because it's the holidays. So the capitalism and, you know... Yeah. <laughs> I went to Costco twice in one week damn 
I kind of like going to Costco. I'm all about. I um I don't. I'm all about the free sample life. I once yeah. waited one time, like too long for this one sample to be ready it was like this <laughs> pesto pasta with sausage and i was so excited oh, you gotta get if it's pesto you gotta wait in line oh my for god it. and it was finally ready and i went to take it by and i was mostly excited about the little piece of sausage <laughs> tell me why i dropped it on the fucking ground <laughs> <laughs> i was so mad oh, oh i wanted wait, to go how back old for you? <laughs> this was like a couple months ago <laughs> literally a couple months ago i was in texas my sister and i were there in the store trying to do like quick shopping she was stressed out trying to put together my brother's in-law's surprise party we're just trying to go there in between like her working and getting off and setting up the party and i was just like sorry i gotta wait for this sample and then i fucking dropped the piece i didn't drop the whole sample i just dropped the piece of sausage on the ground i was like as i went to put it in my mouth on the tiny little sample fork and it stab it i guess aggressively enough and it fell on the ground <laughs> But they, they didn't give you... Did you get another one? I mean, I'd already walked away from the sample lady. And like I said, I'd wasted all that time waiting. So my oh. sister was not going to be more patient for me to go back and get another one. <laughs> yeah. So. But anyway, so that's... That sucks. That's Gary Grimm's. But I was also in... more. Okay. All the plastic was freaking me out. Because mm. it's such a big warehouse. And I'm like... Ah, ah. And I was also in one of those... um, A... Like a handicap cart because my foot oh so i had a little motorized cart it's kind of hard in a space like that it was it's a lot of people actually very stressful yeah and i don't eat meat or cheese mm. and all the samples are meat and cheese fair enough so costco doesn't have samples for me yeah but the the seafood section was lit yeah i mean costco is super lit you know it's interesting you mentioned like all the plastic and stuff because i've actually been thinking a lot more about um like the amount of waste i produce i recently like reorganized my kitchen and i was like my mind was blown with the amount of fucking paper and plastic bags i had i was like <laughs> i literally uh, vowed i was like i cannot bring i mean i have brought like one or two since i said this because i'm foolish and forgot to bring enough bags and underestimated the amount of groceries i was gonna buy when i, go oh, to I store. always forget the reusable bag but um I, I just couldn't believe how much paper bags and stuff. And then I started thinking about like small things like, you know, like dish soap and like toothbrushes and just like all the kind of like bullshit plastic and, you know, saran wrap and Ziploc bags. And I'm just one person. Yeah. And I don't even like, you know, produce that much. And it was freaking me out. So I'm, you know, putting it out here to the pod, to you, Sam, Ooh. the person I know who loves the earth more than anything in the whole entire universe. Um, I'm going to really do better at getting more sustainable and reusable like things. Like when I get those like reusable Ziploc bags and like that beeswax. Yes. The paper, the paper that you can reuse mm -hmm. a couple times. One of our uh, friends, Alex, who listens to the pod, what up? She posted this thing on Instagram, how yes. she got these um, reusable like makeup pads, like instead of the cotton rounds, they're like a bamboo or like soft, like fabric or fabric, I guess, and <clears throat> material. And so instead of using a bunch of cotton rounds, you get those and it comes like maybe like a 12 pack and you use those mm. to take your makeup off or put like certain products on and then you just wash them and then reuse them. That's great. Yeah. The, also, you know, cosmetics and beauty too. Mm -hmm. It just seeps into everything. Yeah. I was thinking there's a Q-tip that I saw. Oh, really? Yeah. I saw Instagram knows what's, what's what I like. You know, yeah, I just, yeah. I follow my friends and like nature stuff. <laughs> 
I follow. I was going through like the things I follow. So I was like, yeah, if I follow a lot of shit, I probably should unfollow some of these things. Literally 95% of the things I follow are restaurants <laughs> that are that are in places I've never been to. And I have no idea when I'll think I'm going there. But I guarantee, <laughs> I guarantee every single one of them, I've looked at the menu and thought about what I was going to order. Because that's what I like to do when I can't sleep. I'll just go on Instagram, look at restaurants, go look at their menus, and then think about what I would order. And when they're like a fantasy order, if I had like funds, which just <laughs> didn't matter. You know what's so funny about... I- I just love that you're the yin to my yang because literally yesterday I did not, I had an appetite, a taste for nothing. I was like, I don't want any food right now. I mean, I don't eat that much every single day, but I just, you were like craving like the flavors mm. and you can't wait to go. I literally was like, nothing sounds appealing. I'm just not going to eat right now. That's hilarious. All I think about is food. My sister and I like, We'll talk. We'll talk to each other step by step about things we made or ate. And my brother-in-law just looks at us like, "What is wrong with you?" When I when I was in uh, London for six months, literally, majority of things my sister and I talked about were things we wish we were eating together, things that we had eaten that we wish the other one had been there for, and things that we were going to eat when I came back to California. (laughs) It's my favorite thing. Oh my god, I love that. All right. Yes. I was going to try to, because we're talking about Cory Booker first. Mm. So I was trying to think about how to spin that, his, his your love of food to veganism to Cory Booker. Well, that being said, I am going to try to start doing a Meatless Monday. Oh, that's right. You did t- mention that. So speaking of Meatless Mondays. Bye-bye, Booker. Bye-bye, Booker. I, I missed him and Yang on the debate stage. They were missed. Yeah. I mean, I'm not like shocked that, you know, he had to drop out. I just wish it had been not right now. It's just like, it is an annoying reminder that the people of color couldn't raise as much money as yeah. the people on stage. Because after Kamala and Corey and Andrew and even Tulsi Gabbard le- like left, it's just... Tulsi. I know. I mean, happy to see. I was happy not to see some faces, but majority sad. Yeah, because I do want it whittled down, and really, when it comes down to it, I think, I think Warren has my vote. So, but so for me, it's like, am I am I my, my candidate is on stage? So cool, and we're and we're right. getting down to the nitty gritty finally, but it's just sad that yeah, it's just dis- go. It's disappointing, and I think it's disappointing because this was one of the more most diverse group of candidates in the democratic history and then to like see it dwindled down to like an all white group on stage. Like I'm stoked to see that there's, you know, women representative and whatever, but I don't know. I, I can, I'm not fucking surprised. I mean, if honestly I'd, if you know, really Pete Bood, Puta Jez, you can go honestly. Something, you know, like, something about I, him. I want Yang where Buddha Jez is, I think. I would agree with that. That's what I want. I think like. I think Yang speaks to the working people better. Well, yeah, I think like uh, Yang's more exciting and he has, you know, brings something new where I feel like Buttigieg is, uh, he's like the young version of Joe Biden. I mean, I, there's so many things that are so different, mm-hmm. but he's more like, I don't know, like what we're used to, but in like a nice younger 
prettier package and a little more um, progressive and kind of fits like, you know, where Yang, I think, is more progressive and like where the future is going to be. I wonder um, because... Buttigieg and Klobuchar have kind of been next to each other for the mm. debates and they're the moderates. Mm-hmm. And then you normally have like Biden, Elizabeth, Bernie in the middle three. And then you had like the businessmen on the other side. So I'm so really to, I'm really circling around. But my point is the two moderates are on the outskirts because, it, it, you know, the, the center is the people who have the highest percentage to win. Right. The most money. So and the the most progressive candidates are in the center right now, like Warren and Bernie. And I'm wondering when that switch happened. Like mm-hmm. I'm sure mo- for most debates, the fringe people, like the more progressive people are on where the moderates are now. Right. So to me, it was kind of a representation of where the party's going, you know, a more progressive side. So that's why I'm cool with Buttigieg being out. Bye Buttigieg. I think, yeah, like him, Klobuchar, they're going to be like the next ones out. Yo, Klobuchar was using fucking boy brow for sure. Did you see her brows? No. Like fucking RuPaul painted her eyebrows on. Oh my god, I'm looking at it right now. I couldn't. This is the thing. I could not look at anything else but her dark eyebrows. That's funny. And she had rouge on, you know, a little rouge. She's, you know, her makeup was bad. Is what I'm trying to say. Whoever did, did she Klo- have? Um, whoever did Klobuchar's makeup? I'm sorry. You, who is the people that come queens? on uh, Real Housewives that come and do the oh, makeup? Pr- Prim. Priv? Priv? <laughs> Maybe she had Priv. Um, and it sucks that that was distracting me the whole time. It's, I mean, that's what kind of matters, you know? It's, it is what it is. What's interesting to kind of see certain things that kind of change where you can feel like from their team got like certain feedback and they're like, all right, so it seems like between 18 and 25, you're, you seem not hip. So we went to Glossier and got you boy brow. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, Amy. Amy, I'm telling you, just a little rouge right here on the t- um, right here on your uh, cheekbones. It'll be pop, you know. But it backfired because bitches like you were so distracted by her eyebrows. Yeah, bitches like me. Um, <laughs> it is. No, I see. She does is, look. Like, those, those brows are in style right now. Like people on Insta- Instagram models, they all have dark brows, right? Yeah. So maybe her makeup chick was like, "This is all the rage right now," but it just doesn't suit her. That's the thing. Yeah, she looks like she has a... Di- oh, no, it's a, this was her right here in the plum. She, yeah, she looks like painted eyebrows. That's, you know, I... I eventually, the eyebrows... Oh, yeah, this one right here, oh, totally. Dude. Yeah. See, that's... It that's looks like when you first... Brow. When someone first gets the micro mm-hmm. demolating or whatever, and it hasn't healed yet, so it's, like, super dark, yeah. but then it's gonna, like, look a lot more natural. I don't know. I don't... She's... I did okay, but I do like Klobuchar. I do, um, but uh, yeah, the eyebrows. Uh, <laughs> so no one eyebrows. Oh my god! Wait, Dave Chappelle endorsed Yang. Did oh, we talk about that? No, we didn't. Yang 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 Yang. Shout out Nick. He literally Yang Yang Nick. So comedian and actor. Oh, this is from Business Insider. Comedian and actor Dave Chappelle on Tuesday officially endorsed Andrew Yang, a tech entrepreneur, for president. I'm Yang Gang. Chappelle said, according to a statement from Yang's 2020. That's the quote. I love it. I'm Yang Gang. Oh, my God. And Chappelle's also set to perform two shows in South Carolina, a crucial early voting state, later this month to benefit Yang's campaign. I love it. I love it, too. I like Yang. 
I, yo, I'm down with. I like the UBI. I like gang. Yeah, I don't I like the acronym, but yeah. Okay, so it's the Universal Basic Income, and he's he's what is he calling it? The Freedom Dividend. Yeah. I think Freedom Dividend is kind of catching on within his camp, but UBI in general, you're right. Yeah. Terrible. Okay, so the debate. I mean, f- look for me. I think it is it kind of important to watch the debates, like. I'm because I, I read the news and I'm like pretty in, pretty informed, you know. Right, right, right. But um, because my because it doesn't really waver. Your opinion doesn't really waver. I think if you're so set, I don't really know. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but I, I hear. But did you see? Uh, I was, but I watched it. I watched some of it. I didn't wasn't able to watch the whole thing, but I was reading some articles about it today, or a few articles about how I guess like the day before the debate CNN like dropped a story about how in 2018 Bernie told Warren that a woman couldn't be president. Right. Okay. So and then they asked him about it and then he said like I didn't say that and or he said like that's not true or what whatever. And then CNN was like so you're saying you didn't say that? He's like no. And then they like went to Warren they're like Senator Sand or uh, Senator Warren, what did you think when bernie said that to you <laughs> yeah that, come on now and then like i guess like the sources and the story the day before were like for unnamed like people on warren's staff who weren't there for the conversation i don't know i think that i, I don't know who's lying i'm kind of I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm just interested. Like, I don't know if necessarily he well, didn't say that or what like what was the intent of I how think, he said it. I think he says or people like he he says like he's the best person to beat Trump. And he said like we don't need we don't need to elect somebody because they're a woman because they're a person of color because whatever it's like who they are and and it, they could beat Trump. I think he said that during one debate. I don't know mm. if it was the exact quote, but basically saying like if he's the best person to do it then like a man or a woman or a person well, of color wouldn't he like skirts around it by with the electability kind of thing but he never outright outright says it well i feel like i mean i could see that and i also get i feel like in at least in this context it made it seem like he was telling her like you couldn't be president in in 2020 because a woman won't be going to be elected president and I think that there's like an interesting kind of like spin on that because like what was the context of the conversation? Yeah. Was it like when we were talking about, you know, in our first episode about, you know, like, do I think that America is going to elect a woman president? No, I still don't think so. I still think it's like a long shot. Do I think like, but like, do I think a Warren, it could, would be a good president? Yes. Do I think, I mean, I mean I'm still deciding. I don't want to say yes, exactly. But I don't know. I think that, we also have to kind of be realistic about the temperature of society right now. And I, I'm just like not convinced that a woman or at least, I don't know. I just, I'm not convinced like Warren could beat Trump. I just think the world's so turned upside down that I just like, I am just so it's just like any candidate like still frightens me. I'm just like, I, and then Mm -hmm. like, and then what does this world mean if fucking Trump wins again? I just, <laughs> yeah. I, where's that said, fucking joy? I'm gonna light then, that shit up again because. Woo. And then he said, like, of course a woman. If do, I don't think, of course a woman could win. She, Hillary Clinton, beat me by three million votes in the primary. Right. Either way, it seems like you know, the media is also starting to kind of pit Bernie and Warren against each other. Yeah, the fact that a reporter just 
you know, he said no. And the reporter was like, okay, but he said that. Yeah. So what did you think when he said that? She was in like Bernie First and like all, the she audience. Very nervous? Like that's very. Bernie and the audience like laughed like, uh, bitch. I literally just said was I didn't it say the, that. Was it the new, like the, there was, there was Wolf Blitzer. Yo, I literally just watched this like two hours ago and mm-hmm. I, and I don't remember. Um, yeah, they should have squashed it. They should have just been like, and okay, oh, well, somebody there, the, somebody's words were minster. Yeah, and then know. at the end of the debate, when there was, <coughs> excuse me, when they were wrapping up at the end of the debate, um, Warren walked over towards Sanders, and they're kind of talking, and it looked like Bernie put his hand out to shake her hand, and she kind of pulled back, and was like kind of saying some things to him, and he was, it, it looked like they were having a, I don't know, disagreement isn't, they had an exchange of words. Mm-hmm. Who knows if they're fucking having disagreement? It looks rather tense based off of what happened earlier you know one could assume they were having a disagreement uh, specifically because they didn't shake hands and it was funny because like as they were like talking um tom steyer was like kind of behind them and it looked like he was like going to be like okay guys well it's good to oh uh oh, oh. and like they were like talking like and so um and then like bernie kind of gave her like a shrug of like oh warren kind of shrug in the end and like kind of just walked away um so i'm interested to let know like i do hate that i'm googling this okay all right so th- so what happened for me was i recorded it and so the recording stopped before they were all you know mulling oh. about mm-hmm. but uh bernie raised like 1.7 million dollars during the uh the debate and that came from like 15,000 different oh you're looking oh, yeah, at I'm so- oh no my god i'm so sorry i'm watching it yeah that yeah. looks tense let me do right look at steyer oh my so goodness she, she's giving him a stern yeah she got her hands clapped together mm-hmm. very like well i'm open hands and he's pointing at her like listen no like and kind of walks away he kind of bernie kind of did a talk to the hand yeah he kind of <laughs> did a talk to the hand like but a double talk to the hand like a double, double talk to the hand yeah listen warren talk to the hand um so i don't know i think they'll be fine i mean, I mean what, whatever I mean, it's stupid that see like i'm on redstate.com right now yeah, of course. But that's the thing, right? So exactly. it's, it's like as yeah. they start to tear each other apart, then whoever is like left, you know, now the other side is going to just run with all the shit that they started. Mm-hmm. You know? The internet is fucking going to kill us all. <laughs> you know what? I remember when I was younger, my like super religious grandma was telling me how she thought like the computer was like the devil and like all this stuff. And like, and I remember thinking like, you're crazy, bitch. And then like, <laughs> and like the internet <laughs> and all this stuff. <laughs> and then now the more like the internet is used as such like a weapon and stuff. I'm like, maybe she was onto something. <laughs> she was. Tom, speaking of Tom Steyer, um, I did. Okay. So I found this out oh, like a few weeks ago because I was so gung ho about Tom. Mm-hmm. Loved him. Then I found out he made his fortune by. Oh, Chris mentioned it. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Last time we recorded this podcast. Yeah, Chris. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. I know. It's a little funny when you mentioned it and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> so I did. So I was wondering if they were going to ask him anything about it in the yeah. debate and they did. Oh, what did he say? The capital. I forget what the company's called, but he worked for like or fallen let's call it something okay. like that um a um investment group some kind of finance whatever and so like they invest for their their holders and mm-hmm. they i guess they invested in fossil fuels and he made a lot of money doing that millions and millions of dollars but since then he was one of the first uh like i guess billionaires to put up for barack obama to support mm. him um he gave millions of dollars to that campaign 
he's been um like putting money into climate change research and like stopping climate change so he it seems like he's trying to right his wrongs he's backed environmental policy like given money to lobbyists for that so that's good to know um anyway so yeah he basically touted his record i don't know it's like how much money did you make off of the fossil fuels and how much like are you well how much money are you still making off of it i know he divested in all of the yeah he divested in that stock so i think it's like i think this is like an important lesson of you know going in and doing research and seeing like how people you know once they realize or have an opportunity to realize or have opportunity to do better like try to do better it's so easy to just like hear like some information or see like a headline and then like have that change your whole outlook and make all these decisions about somebody Mm -hmm. but even when i'm like doing research for this podcast like i'll read one article about something but i also try to read like two or three other articles about it because you get so much different information you're like yo why didn't this other one mention this very key important tidbit that Mm -hmm. like totally changes the story or makes you understand like why that happened um, so it's like so important to go out there and kind of just do a little bit more research, specifically if it's something that enrages you or makes you, it's going to change like your opinion on something. I totally agree. That's kind of like the the textbooks I was telling you about. Did I, did I tell you about that? No. Dude, I can't remember anything yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, my, McCaw, remember like McGaw growing up in high school? Yeah, like yeah, the, yeah, yeah the company that makes all the scholastic books and textbooks. Mm -hmm. So um, I was listening to on NPR. This was a New York Times story. Um, I could not access the article for some reason. I don't know why because I am. It's whatever. I'm going to find it anyway. (laughs) So California, Texas and Florida, because of the way they do their their testing and the way their education system works, they have more bargaining power with textbooks and like details that you can maybe omit or no. So for example in the california textbook they have the constitution and the you know the bill of rights amendments and by the second amendment there's a little blurb right that says you know i forget what the the quote was but the blurb says you know um this has been taken to court sometimes in some cases the second amendment isn't used and like under this law giving it you know context to how it's evolved today right which I think is okay. Which I think is fine. Yeah, I was. I actually was a little nervous about what you're going to say. The blurb said, but I'm like, that is yeah. a fair thing and a so, nice, and a, I think a interesting little like fun fact, like pop up video, pop up pop up video. <laughs> <laughs> hours I would watch that. Hours, hours, hours. But so a little pop up video fact. I think that's good to know. Like, yo, that yeah. makes sense. Okay, so in the Texas one, though, I knew this is coming. <laughs> bring it on. There's. There's just the a bubble, and the bubble's blank. There's nothing there <laughs> because McGaw did printed that and just um and just took just God, delete rid, rid of the quote. So now it's why wouldn't you raise your hand and be like, "Yo, next to the Second Amendment, why is there a bubble that's blank, like with nothing in it?" Yeah, that raises more questions. I feel like yeah. So I is guess it, I'm gonna. Have to, I'm going to Google this while we talk about something else, but I do believe there's something else about, about another state that when it talks about slavery in their history books, it says that they were like, um, not volunteers, but like something where they oh don't use God, the word you've slaves. You've mentioned this to me before. Yeah. California had a, um, 
harsher critiques of capitalism mm. where the red states did not i mean it's so wild that like history books have a slant to them i mean i mean of course they've always had but, but based you don't off re- but you don't realize that until you're an adult because you yeah. you think you know the school the school you word like this is the information i trust the school to yeah. provide this information we're so trusting of these institutions well, you're mean, also I'm like so, and you're also trusting i think would think as a parent that like the school is like providing something and like you know we live in such a busy society and world both parents working drop off all this kind of bullshit that maybe you don't you don't get a chance to look into your kid's history book and see that the fucking bubble next to the second amendment is blank yeah you know or your kid never asked i just dude that's wild yes yeah, and wh- i mean te- but the thing is like texas technically there was no misinformation they were they were just they're just not moving to a better thought process basically um it says next to a map of the united states describing patterns of immigration it read that the atlantic slave trade brought millions of workers from africa to the southern united states to work on agricultural plantations <laughs> what <laughs> what what oh my god <laughs> workers next to the part that says patterns of immigration dude <laughs> oh my god oh my god like what if you're if you Can are you imagine- if you are a kid who go who goes to that school and your parents just happen to never speak about slavery and then you and you learn that you would not know about slavery you would as a, a 12 year old or whoever, whatever it is, because yeah. you're you're not paying it. You're just oh, workers are coming over in America and America's being colonized and America's being colonized and made, you know, and this was in a high school book, too. Oh, all right. OK. By then, someone should be like, uh, don't you mean slavery? <laughs> but there's like I mean, I feel like I've heard some younger kids like who don't even know like what the Holocaust is. That is dangerous. We uh, we need to be reminded of that fucking constantly it's like again it's really interesting and in history books how things are changed depending on who's telling the story and that is kind of the i think everybody has a little revisionist history so it's hard but at the same time there are objective things that happen yeah exactly (laughs) like that the slaves were not workers who just like hey um I heard that in the southern colonies, you could get a really nice job at a plantation. I was seeing taking this beautiful cruise over to America. Did you want to come with me? You know, I just thought I would like have kids and just have someone rip them away from me. Just give them away. <laughs> I'm just a worker. Like, what? So wild, dude. Oh, my God. I, I feel like I wouldn't even know what to do if I had a kid and they showed me that in their textbook. I'd be like, like homeschooled now. Like, this is done. But but right after you go to the principal's office and you're like, what the fuck <laughs> is this? America's wild. Speaking of school principals, I always that's my like transition line. Speaking, uh, <laughs> speaking of, <laughs> um, real quick shout out to Zach because he said that Biden felt like an old school an old uh, school principal mm. up there, and you know what? I agree. A hundred percent. I agree. That is true. And I, I kind of liked Biden last night. I'm not going to lie. I know. I know. I mean, I thought it was his best performance, because, but he had some stumbles, stuttering. But 
Um, yeah, once again, I feel like every week we're still just like, I don't know who's going to be the one. Girl, that's why I'm terrified. Yeah, I'm, I'm very I'm riddled with anxiety. 2020 um, is a very big year, y'all. But um, you know what will chill you out? Mm. Iran. You want to talk about Iran? <laughs> Damn. Yeah, this shit is wild, guys. So like we said last pod, we knew a lot of crazy shit was probably going to happen by the time we recorded this one. So since the... Um, killing of Soleimani mm-hmm. uh, Iran fired on January 7th fired 22 missiles um, to two Iraqi military bases hosting US and coalition forces there were no casualties in the um, in, on those bases no American casualties any um, Iraqi n- not no I don't think so I mean I haven't seen anything Iraqi um and then it says U.S. forces at Iraqi bases were most likely had some warning before the missile struck, um, thanks to a facility devoted to detecting and providing alerts about a launches anywhere in the world. So they probably had some time to like. I saw something too that some of them hid in some like uh, bunkers from like Saddam Hussein days, and I don't know. So there was, so that was like you know Iran's way of you know kind of a slap in the face to america yeah for the killing of somalini same night um unfortunately a ukrainian national airplane um shortly after takeoff crashed and all 176 passengers on board passed away uh originally when this happened uh iran said that there was a technical problem shortly after takeoff um and there you know was a technical error with the 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 plane for why the plane crashed about a couple of days later they came out and admitted that they accidentally shot the plane down during this missile launch attack the plane like again had 176 people uh 82 of those people were from iran 63 from canada 11 ukrainians 10 swedish four from Iga- afghanistan um mm-hmm. three from britain and three germans 15 of them were children. Uh, that's awful. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's really, it's fucking heartbreaking that there are just, ca- the, and it begins the casualties of war mm-hmm. and it begins. Come on. Mm-hmm. That never would have happened. It's yeah, fucking, it's the domino it's, effect. It's, it's the of domino everything. effect. America, it, America shares the responsibility of the, of these people's lives a hundred percent and now so many other nations are involved oh um bernie said he would get out get all the troops out i think at the Mm -hmm. debate warren didn't biden biden said move the troops back to isis territory and get out of um iraq uh iraq well they're not in iran but yeah he said move all the troops to the isis territory Mm -hmm. and um what about budajad I think he said keep them slowly withdrawal. He gave like the very strategic kind of like army answer. Mm. Um, but yeah, just just to recap on that. Yeah, and then they say that uh, the reason it happened was uh, blamed it on human error, um, and that uh, the cruise the plane was misidentified as a cruise missile by an air defense operator. The operator was unable to contact the Central Air Defense Command to confirm it. He had 10 seconds to choose between shooting it down or not. Um, their head, uh, their general, um, I'm not even going to 
try to pronounce his name because I'll butcher okay. it, you know, accepted responsibility, saying it was that once it became clear what happened, he thought, I wish I was dead. And then, you know, thousands gathered outside of the gates of a university near the former U.S. embassy in Tehran to denounce the plane crash and the government blamed on the human error. So people are pissed. Iranians are out in the street po- protesting. Like I said, 82 people from Iran passed away. Um, there are a lot of people who were going to school in Canada and were back home for like winter break. There was a couple who had gotten married. There was like a mom and like two daughters who were like going, who were I think Iranian nationals, but they're going back to San Diego. It's just, it's just, it's just devastating when you, you know, you would have hoped that Iran would have like, if they knew they were going to launch these attacks, would have grounded like planes in that, in that airspace. And uh, it's just, it's devastating. And And who are, you know, it's who are more vulnerable and less vulnerable. The United States has enjoyed a safety that we Mm -hmm. that millions of people in the world do not enjoy right or do not don't have the the privilege yeah the luxury we take it so for granted and it's gross because it's like the we've grown up we've grown up and we're we're always in wars Mm -hmm. we're in afghanistan now this one and we're we're just used to it that's like oh yeah whatever there's a war over there right but like i'm gonna go get some frozen yogurt yeah it's it's, it's we we so, live in such a strange time where yeah. there's just so many things catastrophic things happening at the same time um and i think we just get information in such a like aggressive kind of flippant way that it's so easy to be like nonchalant about some of these things and i also think some of it's like a safety mechanism yeah i think so too i was i watched this documentary on minimal, minimalism and that that need for a the need that we humans have to just like buy things that we don't need mm-hmm. comes from, you know, an evolution thing where we would always have to like look and gather for food or right, right. It, it traces back, but now we don't, I mean, in Western countries anyway, we don't need it anymore because we, right. it's everything's so convenient. Um, but, uh, and this all really happened because, <sighs> because fucking, okay. Because Trump got into office and, the Iran nuclear deal was like pretty popular amongst our allies mm-hmm. and Obama <laughs> got it done and because he got into office because he wants to erase every better policy than he would have come up with. Right. It's not the ideal. Nothing's the ideal policy, but something that better than he would come up with. He was like, no bad deal. He couldn't even fucking explain it. And he just kept saying bad deal over and over again. And then he lifted he lifted the fucking sanctions on Iran, and then then they started um, backing out of the nuclear deal because the sanctions we put in place held that that deal together. Right. And then when Trump took them away, or or gave oh, no no Trump didn't lift sanctions. Sorry, he put more sanctions on them. Right. The opposite of what I said. So he put, <laughs> he put more sanctions on them, and then now. And then that's what happened with the contractor and the, right. and those 12 soldiers. And now, and then all the way to Suleimani. Yeah. And I it's heard it's so clear. It's so clear to just see the linear, how it all just one step, two step, three step. And if there was another president that Trump didn't fucking hate as much, he wouldn't cause he doesn't care about that policy or know about it. Right. He's just changing it because Obama made it. 
if there was a Republican who, you know, who may be an incumbent mm-hmm. on his same party and everybody liked him, you right. know, Trump would keep it. He wouldn't even read that policy yeah. when he's briefed on that policy. He probably well, he doesn't even like get briefings anymore. Right. Well, no, uh, probably not. I heard that. Um, I was reading and listening to Rachel Maddow, but uh, that the intelligence briefings about the intimate attacks that they say were going to happen. Um, and that's why they went after Soleimani. Uh, <laughs> that the senators that came out of that, you know, obviously they couldn't like, you know, debrief about like what was actually said, but we're like, <laughs> that was a bullshit ass briefing. There was really no, basically said there was like no proof that, and that the intelligent community or that gave the briefing was like changing their story or like were, yeah, they, they conf- had conflicting reasons amongst their own team. Yeah. The, yeah. The administration has, keeps like going back and forth. I was watching the BBC just quickly as I was going to go uh, out to get a coffee or something. And, um, and this guy was on the BBC who used to work at the state department under Obama. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about how, you know, the diplomats like Trump doesn't respect dip- diplomacy. We've mm-hmm. talked about that. I've talked about this a lot on the podcast. It really bothers me. I think about it a lot and how these career diplomats, just because they were under Obama, he like, gets people out and hires right. incompetent people in their place. Right. You know, just rich people. In, not to say that every diplomatic position is, you know, like you need to be a genius, but you, there's a certain grace to it. Like, yeah, you gotta, yeah, you gotta know yourself. Okay. So that, and then, so the guy on the BBC asked him, you know, what is the plan they have for Iran? And this guy was like, no plan. They don't know what they're doing. <laughs> he said, the State Department's in shambles. He they they've hollowed out the State Department. Where's that joint? Oh, yeah, on, wait, on the BBC, <laughs> a former State Department official was like, "Yeah, guys, America <clears throat> doesn't know what they're doing." <laughs> yeah. Fuck. I, I mean, know. honestly, I hate to say thoughts and prayers because it's such bullshit, but like my like energy and just empathy is really with um our men and women and non-binary people in our armed forces who you know are going to be in immediate danger because of these things and their family members and friends you know who are kind of suffer with them being deployed or there are probably there's so many families across the country now that are so so worried about I, oh my God, that just made me think about watching um, those like videos when it's like uh, soldiers oh. come back and surprise their families. I cry. Those are the best. <laughs> when there's a montage, I'm like, I'm watching and I'm literally crying. I hate war so much. I the love those. Time. Those are good. But them. like, what is my, you know, I, I really respect people that, you know, make that sacrifice um, regardless of like the reasons or why they did, you know, choice to enlist um, because... I don't think I could do it. I think that if you see enlisting as a way to better your life and maybe get a cheaper education Mm -hmm. and get some government assistance while you start your life, which I think is great, I think that is appealing. Of course. But I think being a part of war is, you know. I can't even imagine what that is like. I just, I don't, I, I, I can't, yeah, it's, it's hard for me because I just, I despise war and I don't 
love Americans shooting up other people, even in the name of our country, you know? Right, right. So it's it's a uh, it's hard, but I I really do feel for anybody in that region. And everybody. Yeah. I remember like um after September 11th, my dad was still in the reserves for um in the Marines. And uh I was like nervous that he was going to have to go. He had, he got, he went somewhere in the East coast, um, for, I don't remember how long it was, but like to help out to do something. Cause he also like specialized in like chemical warfare. Yeah. I know. What a G. Daddy Jones. RD. Um, even that I'm like, yo, that's so cool. But I hate the, I hate that. Like in general, like that, that we have to use these weapons. But when you said that, I'm like, damn, I mean, I I think it's like, I mean, you know, like, and you watch these like movies about yeah. these things. It's movies. really impressive. And like, you know, I, you know, I can understand like why certain things have to happen specifically in the world that we live in, but it's just, you know, it's hard that so many innocent people are going to, you know, be sacrificed based off the decision of based on fools. like, it's a baseless. So it's not even, it doesn't even mean anything to him. The person making these decisions, putting so many people's lives in his hand, very tiny hands. <laughs> He doesn't care. He doesn't think it's for the better good of anything. Except for himself. And it's like, I mean, how can I actually prove that, right? Based on, you know, just his behavior, his incompetence in every issue, his gutting of the State Department. Like, you know, he doesn't care. Yeah. You just have to have certain things, like, set up. You don't just go in and, you know, it's like Chris said, it's like very mob boss type of mentality. Yeah. You know, like, you gotta, you gotta be a little more slick about this, you know, like... <laughs> He's son again. Trump's a Fredo. Yo. He ain't no Michael. He's definitely no Sonny. He thinks he's a Fredo that thinks he's a Sonny. You're right. And if you don't get that, you're a Fredo. <laughs> um, so. And maybe, maybe. Uh, there's no lighter news. Maybe you want to talk about the self, the chick from Australia? <laughs> yeah. So. This girl, Kaylin Ward, she's 20 year old. Um. And she's like, uh, she does, she makes most of her living on this website. It's like fans only or something. And oh, it's yeah, like, I know, I know about that. It's like this. a pornographic website where, I don't know, I think you pay, I don't know if you pay you, like I a think subscription. You could be your own private cam person. Yeah, so you, you know. I don't know, if, I don't know how people dictate how much they get, make, they make. But anyway, Wait, that's how she makes. Uh, Caitlin. Kaylin, K A Y L E N Ward. She estimates that she's raised more than seven hundred thousand dollars for the victims of Australia's bushfire crisis by sending nude photographs of herself to anyone who donates more than ten dollars to one of her chosen charities and sends her the receipt. Oh yeah! In like four days, she raised this money over seven hundred thousand dollars. Yo! And she had to hire a team of four to help her um, sort through all the thousands of thousands of DMs she she received. And they've been working around the clock to verify donations, confirmations. And she's inspired people because a 26-year-old woman in Colorado, um, her husband, like, showed her about it. And then she started doing the same thing. And she was able to raise $2,000 in, like, 24 hours. And then she joined an impromptu group of more than 20 women who are doing the same thing. Yes. <laughs> Nudes for koalas. I'm here for this. Oh my god. I mean, I'm not here for this. Like, I'm gonna do it. I think that's a great way for them. Oh, I love um, it. But like, yes. Another reason I think she's so sympathetic to everybody in Australia is she, her family was a um, a part of the car fire in um, California earlier in 2019, 
and they had to like evacuate their house and they had to like go like flee to this houseboat and they didn't know if their house had burnt down or not um um, but their house luckily didn't burn down but like all their neighbors houses had damn power to her for putting those nudes out there and people who were donating you know like jeff bezos only donated 600 or amazon only donated six hundred fifty thousand dollars. so her nudes donated more than that fool did um but i think our queen of the week should be rgb because she now she's cancer free That is so right. Yeah. Cancer free. She's our queen of the week. Four time cancer survivor. Oh, Ruthie. Yeah. They need to study her for science. She because beat pancreatic cancer. That's a bad one, man. That is the, isn't that? That's like one of the, the worst, worst one, right? I mean, I don't know. I'm not a cancer um, expert, but I know it's bad. Damn. Get queen of the week. Queen of the week. She's got to hold on because we got that, you know. Five four conservative majority, no. and they're trying. Well, she to, they're trying hold to, on they're another just, four years. They're trying to take abortion away, and so that shit is about to get real. Okay. Um. But I mean, if we're talking about the queen of the week, what about this crazy old kook of the week? Mitch McConnell. I mean, there's so many reasons for him to be kook of the week this week, any week any second of the day right but specifically um it's because i came across this like campaign like b-roll video that he like released that people like the super PAC could like use if they want and there's this section of him and like there's well it's like um you know like a a long shot sprawling like hemp farm and like close-ups of the plants and then like mitch mcconnell like like standing and like and all these like hemp plants and like with the farmers and the farmers like holding their baby and i was just like yo the hip fucking hypocrisy of this fool to be out here like talking about like how hemp's so great but like cannabis is disgusting um because what's his um name uh, uh Rand paul was like boasting last month he tweeted saying how he educated a senator senior senator about the crop he's like you should have seen the first meeting we had where i explained what hemp was to mitch he was very concerned that people could smoke hemp and get high you can't i told him maybe but you'd have to uh have a size of a telephone pole big eye roll oh the biggest aggressive eye roll it's like First of all, Mitch, why the fuck do you care if people get high? Live your own life. Yeah, and it's like, I mean, like hemp is cannabis. Hemp yeah, is cannabis that has 0.3% THC or lower. That's like being like, I love white roses. I think we should have white roses everywhere. Red roses, burn them all. <laughs> we're painting the roses red we're painting the roses red <laughs> it's just it's so annoying but i mean i don't know the, the, well who pays mitch more you know the cannabis industry or the uh prison industrial complex we're putting all these fucking people in jail in these red states for marijuana 100 percent. oh and you know we also uh i was reading too so this, i was reading this article about hemp today and um I'd heard this before, but it was more interesting to kind of actually read the facts this time. How like marijuana has a very like uh, a racist history in the creation of the word. Do you, do you know more? I I do. Oh. 
Uh, so while the use of the term is widespread throughout American culture, it presents a grossly inadequate misrepresentation of cannabis. Most informed individuals and organizations in the cannabis industry refer to use the term, and some consider it racist. In early American history, the term marijuana was non-existent, and cannabis was the primary term used to classify the plant. Between 1910 and 1920, nearly a million Mexicans migrated to the United States seeking refuge from the Mexican Revolution. During this time, anti-Mexican sentiment had begun to steep through the term marijuana arose a negative correlation of its use by Mexican immigrants. Soon after, rumors began to suffice warning Americans of the dangerous and homicidal tendencies caused by the Mexican cannabis or local weed, which led to an even greater rise of anti-Mexican sentiment. Yeah, so like marijuana sounded more like exotic and like, oh, the Mexicans are bringing marijuana to America. Wow, that's fucked up. I know. God. <laughs> Dude, everything sucks. Yeah, and it says, uh, and then by 1927, 11 states had passed anti-cannabis laws. And by the 1930s, anti-cannabis propaganda and their fear of reefer madness was in full swing reefer madness oh very musical madness madness came out god it's crazy like so there was a um there was a bill in 2018 called the first step act which would reform federal prisons and sentencing policies it had enough momentum in the senate um but it was on mitch mcconnell's desk and he dragged his feet on the measure saying there might not be time to vote on it before the next Congress comes to Washington. So he was dragging his feet on a major prison bill. And then signed the farm bill. Right. Using a hemp pen. Like, you know what? I, I, I feel like I need to do like some research. Like somehow this fool has got to be like linked in with a, uh, a cannabis or a hemp um, farm. Somehow he must be making money from hemp for him to be like so pro hemp. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought it was interesting. Mm. Um, quick addendum to mm. the episode. Uh, we we said that Emily Rajowski mm. went to Saudi Arabia. She did not. She did not. Oops. So sorry about that, girl. I know so. you're a big fan. <laughs> um, she. We got your DM, girl. We oh, yeah. We. Oof, we highly apologize for We're that. so sorry, girl. <laughs> um, she turned down the appearance because of uh, human rights laws. Mm. Yeah, so get it, girl. Stick get it, to girl. I also found the out opposite of everything we said about you. Yes. <laughs> also, I found out she was 28 and cried a little bit about that. Oh, wow. Um, well. Oh, uh, you could... It's uh, if if you want to know where to, the best places to donate for the Australian fires, so aside from your own nudes, yes, um, we have it on our our history on Instagram. If you go to the story section, the history, and it will it, easy links. We just um, you know, tag them, and you can go right to the websites. All right, guys. Well, I think it's time to wrap it up. And you know, I had some more depressing shit to talk about the environment, but I'm Honestly. not. I'm not going to. I can't. It's oh too much. yeah, I can't take it right now. It's too much, guys. <laughs> we'll save it for next week because this song go. It is ongoing. Okay. I got it. Yeah, I'm gonna have to roll another joint if we had talked about anything <laughs> else. So, um, as always, uh, Sammy, it's been amazing. Nice to decompress some of the things going on in the world with you and everyone else. Um, as always, guys, like, subscribe. Follow us on Instagram at highly underscore political. 
and we'll talk to you soon. Bye, guys. Bye.